This audio presentation is brought to you by the Baptist Missionary Association Theological Seminary. The BMA Seminary provides accredited theological education for equipping God's people for Christ-centered service and leadership roles with three online degrees available now. We are committed to the inerrancy and authority of Holy Scripture and to making disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information about the BMA Seminary and its online degree programs, go to bmats.edu or call toll-free 800-259-5673. That's 800-259-5673. Enjoy the opportunity to come and be in chapel, be down here in Jacksonville, and uh, see so many people I have uh, went to school with and learned from so much. Uh, although I was wondering if I was going to make it, I left uh, Little Rock this morning and yep, had been on the road maybe 10 or 15 minutes and we had a terrible thunderstorm come through, driving through Benton and just a downpour, couldn't see hardly the road in front of you, lightning struck and up and it just lit up a billboard on the side of the road that said, prepare to meet your God. <laughs> okay. Lord, is that a message <laughs> for me, for now? Um, prepare to meet your God. Take your Bibles and find with me 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I will begin in just a moment reading from verse number 10. 1 Corinthians three, ten. I have uh, had the privilege, a number of privileges in in ministry, but I would say you line them all up. One of the greatest privileges that I could say was that uh, I've been able to be called pastor by four different groups, congregations. Fall of 1990, my wife and I had been in New England for about four years And uh, Rochester, New Hampshire, Grace Baptist Church called me to be their pastor. I served there for almost seven years before coming here to Jacksonville uh, to work on my master's degree. While I was here, was in Athens, Texas, and Cayuga Drive, I pastored there for three years. Left here in 2000 and went to um, North Mississippi, outside of Tupelo, and was privileged to be there for 14 years at Greenwood Baptist Church. And now I've been at Little Rock at Oak Park for almost three years. Those of you who have pastored, those of you who are in the ministry, those of you who are pastoring now, you understand the high privilege it is, right? Well, we are are given the privilege, but it's also a tremendous responsibility. We have the privilege and the responsibility to stand before God's people. And do everything that we possibly can to to build them up in the faith. So that however long God has us in that location with that group of people, with that body, that we would leave and they would be stronger. They would be nurtured. They would be built up in the faith. I imagine at times Paul did some reminiscing like I just did. And, and, and in his mind would go back through those places that he served and that God had used him in so many marvelous ways. 
And he could think of some of them with great joy and, and maybe shed a tear at others. Corinth was one of those cities, the church there caused him some, some heartache. If you, as you read through 1 Corinthians, you see the issues that Paul has to deal with and, and how he agonized over these people that he loved so dearly. But, but he saw that they, they were not walking with God the, the way he longed for them to and the way God longed for them to. So here you have this letter that he writes to them. And as he's writing, the issue, one of the primary issues that, that comes up, especially is dealt with in the first four chapters, is the issue of the divisions within the body. One group over here clamoring, I follow Paul, and another clamoring, I follow Apollos, and I follow Cephas, and I follow Christ. And they were so contentious with one another. And so Paul, step by step, he deals with that issue. You remember how he dealt with it, don't you? Part of what we read there, that last half of chapter 1. He, he made the contrast between the wise and the foolish and what the world thought was wise and what the world thought was foolish and yet God chose the foolish and He used that and what the world thought was wise was nothing to Him. And so step by step, He deals with that issue and so He comes into the first part of chapter 3 and He says, guys, you're dividing up. You're clamoring after this group or that group. Don't you realize how carnal you are? And then as it were, Paul turned his attention to those, those leaders of the church at Corinth. And focused his attention on them for a little while. He said, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? All we are are servants blessed by God to be used. I planted, Apollos watered, but we couldn't make the fruit increase. We couldn't give any real growth. God is the one who caused the growth. Now listen. Listen to Paul. As we begin reading in chapter 3 and verse number 10, listen to Paul. Listen to his heart. And listen to his admonition to those who are leading the congregation at Corinth. Verse 10, chapter 3. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled Master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, 
Each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Often when we come to this passage, we think of it, first of all, on an individual level. And I think there are some principles that we can definitely learn from it in that way. But I don't think that was the intent that Paul had here at all. As as he talks about the gold and the precious stones and the silver and the wood and the hay and the stubble, I, I, I don't think he's talking about how we direct our personal individual lives. In context here, he's talking to he's talking to men who have been given responsibility to lead the church at Corinth. Listen to him in verse 10 as he says, I came and I laid the foundation. The foundation of what? The foundation of the church there. I laid the foundation and there's only one foundation and that foundation is Jesus Christ. And so so I came and and I labored and I gave my energy and I I ministered among you and I, I laid the foundation and now I'm gone but others come along behind me and they're building upon the foundation that I started. So those who are now building on this foundation are building or can build with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. Those are that, that's an interesting choice that he uses there. What does it mean? Well, those are all building materials. Gold, silver, precious stones. Don't think of precious stones in the sense of jewelry, okay? Think of precious stones in the sense of marble, in the sense of granite. A huge block that you would be used to build. What what would you use? Marble. What would you use? Granite. A temple. Wood. Hay. Straw. Those were also building materials. Probably not necessarily. Maybe wood. But the others. Probably not for a temple. But the ordinary, everyday homes of the people in Corinth and the people of that day, they would understand these building materials that are being used. And then he goes down in verse 16 and he says, Don't don't you know that you are God's temple? Now sometimes I've heard people use this to refer to our body As a temple. Now, later on in 1 Corinthians, Paul is going to make that point, but that's not his point here. 
See, in context, when he's talking about the church, and in Greek it's easier to see because he uses the plural for the second person there. You, plural, as we would say in the South, you all are y'all, right? Y'all are the temple of God. Church at Corinth, don't you understand? You are God's temple. Hmm. So, I reckon my question for us this morning is ask those who have been charged with the responsibility of, of, of leading in God's churches. What kind of job am I doing? What kind of job are we doing? Paul said that he laid the foundation. So question, how did Paul lay the foundation for the church at Corinth? We've already read it in chapter 1 earlier. The preaching of the cross. That preaching that the world looks at and hears and they say, that is so foolish. He laid the foundation of the church with the preaching of the cross. Look at chapter 2, verse number 1. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of, and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Oh, you hear Paul's heart. I laid the foundation and I laid it well because I laid the foundation in the cross of Jesus Christ. I came back again and again and again and again and I preached the cross. I preached the cross. I preached the cross. I preached Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, dying for our sins. And you follow it through the book. And over and over again as he deals with issues, he brings them back to cross, to the cross, to Christ. Until finally he ends the book. Chapter 15, on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see Paul's thinking here? He says, guys, I came to Corinth. God led me to Corinth. And when I came, I was determined that I was going to do one thing and one thing only, preach the cross. You remember the background of him coming to Corinth, don't you? Second missionary journey. Here's a Macedonian call. Come over and help us. And so they go to Philippi. Great success. Beaten and thrown in jail. And had to leave. Goes down to Thessalonica. It seems like things are going well until suddenly there's a riot and he has to leave. Goes to Berea. Again, things are going well until, until rebel rousers come and he has to leave. Goes to Athens. And he preaches and doesn't seem like many people respond. You know, have you ever beat your head against the wall? 
I don't recommend it. But you know, you, you, you beat your head against the wall, you beat your head against the wall, you beat your head against the wall. After a while, you say, hey, you know, this hurts. I think I'm going to stop beating my head against the wall. In the flesh, it would have been easy for Paul to say, you know... Every time I get up and I start preaching the cross and I start preaching resurrection, I, I get in trouble. I get beaten. I get thrown in jail. I, maybe I'll change. Paul did not do that a second. He said, there's only one way that I can lay a foundation that will stand, and that is to preach the cross. If it means me going to prison, I'll preach the cross. If it means people applauding me, I'll preach the cross. I don't care. It's not about me. It's about Christ. You hear Paul's heart? So then, back to my question. Paul said that he laid the foundation. You can't lay another foundation. But now other people are building upon the foundation that he laid. How do we build on that foundation? Well, I think the, I think even though he does not state it in so many words, I think the implication that Paul is driving at is we build upon the foundation the same way he laid the foundation. In other words, the gold and the silver and the precious stone of, of our ministry has got to do with things of the Word of God. It is amazing. You can do a Google search for church growth. And you can find all kinds of conferences. And they will teach you how to grow a church. And maybe I should put church in quotation marks. They will teach you how to gather a crowd. I've always been troubled by those because you, you can have some, you can have a rank unbeliever on one side of the room and, and someone who is a Christian on the other side of the room and they're going to teach them the same principles and it worked for either one. Something's wrong with that. Something is wrong with that. If we are building the church through human measures, through our ingenuity, through our schemes. What do we have? We don't have the holy temple that Paul was talking about here in Corinth. When Paul talks about a temple, these Corinthians knew, I mean, they, they knew temples. They could walk down their streets and they could see temples all over the place. Kind of like you go around Jacksonville, you can see Baptist churches all over the place. You can see buildings all over the place. They saw buildings all over Corinth. A temple over here to this Greek god. A temple over here to this god. And all these kind of temples scattered throughout the city. And so... You're walking down the street. You are a, a Corinthian believer. And somebody runs up to you and say, Hey, where is the temple to your God? You hear Paul's reply? We are God's option in Corinth. We are the temple of God in Corinth. Not a building, but a body. A body. 
we dare not use the schemes of man. We dare not try to build a body without the foundation, first of all, of Jesus Christ. But then the way we build upon that foundation with gold, silver, precious stones. I am afraid that too much of what passes for church growth in our culture today is fertilizing weeds, right? Fertilizing weeds. God has never called us to build the biggest number of people. He's called us to build a temple that would bring honor and glory to Him. Oh, may we submit our hearts to that this morning. May we be careful with how we function as in this privileged position that God has placed us. May we be very careful that we do not stoop to means that would ultimately be displeasing to God. Because those last two verses I read, if, if you are involved in church leadership, verse 16 and 17 should trouble you. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. Father, we bow before you this morning. We acknowledge, Lord Jesus, that in and of ourselves, we are totally helpless. We are just a lump of clay. And yet, Father, you breathed into a lump of clay and turned it into a living being. And so, Father, would you breathe through us, wherever you have us serving, wherever you have us ministering. May we recognize the great privilege, but also the great responsibility. May we preach Christ. May we lift him up. Lord Jesus, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for dying on the cross for us. May we be found your faithful servants. It is in your name we pray. Amen.